If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out GuardianVets.com now. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. We're going to hit our sponsors here in just a second, then jump into the episode. But before we do, make sure you stick around throughout the end of the interview and check out the show notes for great opportunities for associateships, partnerships, and more. If you're a practice owner, you want to find great people, and you want to list a job opportunity or just looking for certain things that your peers out there that are veterinarians could benefit from, feel free to shoot me an email. Isaiah at veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. I will do my best to get those up at the end of different episodes. There's no charge for that. My role, my job is to connect good people with good people. So with that, we will hit our sponsors and be right into the interview. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Why do most banks always seem to be impersonal, slow to answer questions, or give you the runaround on getting money needed for your dreams? Enter Panacea Financial. Panacea Financial, a nationwide digital bank built for doctors by doctors. Whether you're a veterinarian in training, practice owner, or aspire to be one, someday, Panacea Financial is designed specifically for you. It was started by two doctors who were frustrated in working with banks and so started their own to serve their community. With common sense lending guidelines and fast decisioning, they have helped doctors all across the country start, grow, and acquire their dream practice. Looking to buy into a practice, Panacea helps doctors with practice buy-in loans that are funded in a matter of days, not weeks, or months. If you're ready to join the thousands of doctors nationwide who have declared independence from traditional banks, visit PanaceaFinancial.com today to see how they can get you started with your dreams. Panacea Financial is a division of Premise, member FDIC. Have you ever walked into a space and thought, wow, this is beautiful? There's a reason for that. Architecture has this innate ability to impact emotions and perceptions. My friends at Apex Design Build bring beautiful and functional spaces for veterinarians nationwide. Apex is a fourth generation family run company that is fully integrated from the design, architecture, and construction process. They help you mitigate risks, eliminate surprises, save money, save time, and reduce the effort on your project. Check out their amazing work and have access to their square footage calculator to help you plan your expansion or new build. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer and learn more about Apex Design Build. All right. Today, I am joined by Thad Miller, who is the founder of DVMMatch.com. Thad and team's mission is to successfully connect veterinarians present with their future through practice acquisition, practice sales, Thad, thank you so much for joining me and uh, Thanks, glad we're able to get this done. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. So I know that 
you've been doing this for a little while, but I know there's a handful of folks that maybe don't necessarily know who DVM Match is. So if you could give us, I guess, a kind of a broad overview and a rundown of kind of the purpose and the mission of what you're doing. Absolutely. The impetus to starting this business is I saw a pretty large opportunity in the veterinary space. And part of that is driven by a lot of things that's happened over the number of years with consolidation. And a little history on me, I started in the dental industry and have been in that for 26 years. I started a company called DDS Match, working with dentists, helping them find private practice opportunities. And I've been doing that for now 13 years. And uh, we're in 45 states. We've got 10,000 dentists on our website looking for different opportunities. We've got hundreds of practices available for them to purchase. And that was our goal is to now build out this space in the veterinary space using a similar process, working with veterinarians and their hospitals to help them find a, a younger them, as we say, we'll find a younger you. And we're the reason we're excited about this is we've got a great financial partner in this, uh, KSM, Kat Sapper and Miller, Terry O'Neill, who's actually in our town um, in Indianapolis, and as is Isaiah, and so is Terry, but it's a nice scenario where they work with veterinarians all across the country, and they're providing our third-party valuations for the hospitals we're representing, but ultimately using not only the valuations for our seller clients, but we have a robust website that allows veterinarians to create a profile, look for opportunities all across the country, and help them on their journey if they want to own their own hospital, which I still think is an incredible opportunity. And so do financial institutions and accountants. And so I, I think there's a reason consolidation is going on is because those companies know it's a good business to be in. So our challenge is, you know, why not you? Absolutely. And preaching to the choir and anyone that's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that I am absolutely pro private practice ownership and it's not for everyone, right? It's going to be hard. It's not always easy and it can give a lot of freedom and flexibility, but yeah, the opportunity is there and there's a reason that consolidation is happening and there's a reason that there is a lot of money in the space. And I wanted to chat on the connection with vet med and dental a little bit. And since you brought it up in the intro, I want to go there, right? What do you see as the similarities between the two? And then maybe what do you think of the differences between vet med and No, and great question. Uh, similarities is that you've got an opportunity to really customize your career. I look at it like you both get incredibly hard degrees to achieve you spent a lot of time making A's in undergrad so you could get into these schools. And then if there's a niche you want to pursue in either one, you can make it your own. If you want to have six partners and do it this way, you can do it. If you want to be by yourself, you can do it. If you want to focus on certain species or not work with certain species, you can do that. It's very similar to dental where you have a path forward. And I think the biggest, you know, being a dog owner for years and having a great relationship with my veterinarian here in town and you know, obviously my dentist too, and knowing it's still a relationship business. 
I mean, I think that's a real critical thing that you have to, in addition to the quality of care you're giving to the animals you're working with, you know, the animal can't tell the owner that didn't go well. So it's important for you to connect with the owners of the pets so they feel like they're in a safe place, that they're getting good advice, and that all your entire team does that, that they take care of the clients because it's a relationship business. It's not driven by, you know, on the medical side, your colleagues that are physicians, they've lost a lot of control over the last 20 years. They're employees of the hospital and they're intelligent people and they do incredible things just like you do. But in dentistry and veterinary, you can pave your path and you can be selective on how you want to do it. A huge benefit to vet versus dental is you don't have to deal with dental insurance. (laughs) There's been a huge increase, and Isaiah knows this because he has dental clients too, huge increase in companies like Delta Dental and some of those other ones that are really pushing down fees that dentists can charge if they're members in that program. But if for vet, you charge cash. And I mean, I know there's other ways to get things done and there's financing in certain situations, be it care credit or other places. But if you feel like you are delivering more value than your competitor or you feel like your costs are going up, you need to raise your fees. And I know those seem like daunting things when you're an employee and you're working and you're like, well, it's easier if the company does it. But as an owner, you can choose how you want to do it. If you want to take Fridays off and work Monday through Thursday and maybe Saturday a month or something like that, because you want that Friday off with your family, you can do it. And I think the most important thing with any of these private practice type ownership scenarios is good advisors on your side, somebody like Isaiah, that can kind of help you figure out how to best do that. As I mentioned, Terry O'Neill, who's an accountant and has a, a pretty large vet following from the tax and advisory side, those are people that can kind of walk you through how to make the best decisions for you and your career so you can have a long and happy career. When we connected pre-recording, we saw each other down at VMX. I know you were out at WVC and you used a word that came up a lot as people stopped by or chatted with you and the team. And that word was hope. I wanted you to kind of elaborate on like why that was the word that you chose. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first came up with doing this a few years ago, I didn't realize, obviously there's been an incredible change in the last few years since all the consolidation of 20 21 and 2022, most especially 2021. As most of you know, there's just incredible consolidation, hospitals being purchased. And obviously, if I had a successful veterinary hospital and I'd grown it and I got an opportunity that was life-changing wealth, I would highly consider it and do it, obviously. But what's happened, there were so many that it's really, I think, caused a major stress to the industry which has caused fewer hospitals to be purchased over the last 12 months. The multiples are down. Obviously, we've got macroeconomic scenarios with financing interest rates going up and consolidators that essentially at this point, looking back on it, maybe they overpaid for a lot of their investments. You know, they just, they paid an incredibly high amount. They're obviously going to put stress on the people left behind, you know, the the younger veterinarians that are working there and the staff. And obviously, we all have staffing challenges as a country anyway. 
and where people are leaving different professions to pursue different things or to work from home or whatever it may be. And all that's kind of left on the people that are left behind. And now the consolidators are, they're now only looking for hospitals that are at a certain point or higher in revenue. And that leaves a tremendous amount of really great opportunities. Maybe they're a a hospital that does $600,000 in revenue and it's just one veterinarian, or maybe it's a hospital that does $1.2 million. Those are great opportunities to acquire because a lot of the consolidators, because they're working on making the money they spent work in the practices they purchased, they're not interested in those size hospitals. So those are great acquisition scenarios for individual veterinarians with some experience and good advice in the process. And just to be clear, at DVM Match, my colleagues that I work with, we're building out a team. I've got people now we're building across the country. They work with the seller, okay? We encourage the young veterinarian to work with advisors like Isaiah or other people that can kind of guide them through the process to make sure it's the right match or DVM match for them and their career and their family and long-term. But ultimately, there are tremendous opportunities that are going to keep coming up. We're hearing about them on a consistent basis. And for those veterinarians that are on this podcast that are looking to transition in the next five years, if you're in that range of 500,000 to 1.5 million, you feel like the only people that are going to, you're not going to be able to sell your hospital. That's not the case. There are buyers for that. And we can help them get started and really make the most because that community you're in needs good veterinarians. As we all know, the increase of adoptions and pets coming into the home and the baby boomers effect on owning pets and treating pets like humans in their medical care is skyrocketed. So I hate to hear of a veterinarian just closing their doors because they don't feel like they can find somebody to take over and carry on their legacy. Yeah. And with that, you talked a little bit about Terry and the valuation. I think one interesting thing that you shared was just kind of painting the picture of like, what's the opportunity here? Like, this is what it looks like today. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about what that looks like or maybe a story that comes to mind? Absolutely. So we have a process we work with our sellers on. It's called the trusted transition process. And there are different parts of that where we At the beginning of the engagement, I really want to understand what they want and what they're looking for and how we go find them. And then we have a unique way to find those veterinarians. We have a robust website where people can create a profile looking for that opportunity. It's not unlike the generation of young veterinarians. They're going online to find spouses or buy a car or things like that. I mean, that's something my generation didn't do, but this is a great opportunity to, at no charge and confidentially, create a profile to look for opportunities now or in the future anywhere across the country. But going through those steps, we have a valuation that's done by KSM and they're professionals in this. They have hundreds of veterinarians as clients and they break down what's going on in the practice from a financial standpoint. And that really functions as a business plan when the veterinarian wants to go to the bank and borrow money to see this through. We also have a product called a hospital opportunity blueprint, which shows where the opportunity is in the hospital. Maybe the young dentist that's looking to acquire a hospital has great experience in surgery and maybe in dental, but maybe the dentist who's transitioning hasn't done a lot of surgeries lately or hasn't instituted dental into the vet 
hospital. And this will show the dollars that are sitting on the table for the owner. And it doesn't have an impact on the value. It just more has an impact on the analysis that it works to make sure it's the right fit. And maybe there's a hospital that doesn't fit for a buyer. That's fine. We totally understand. And our job in the process to be incredibly transparent for the buyer and their advisors to make the right decision for them and their future. So why do you think there's such a gap that's there? Because obviously, as you just talked about, there's a need. So there's lots of hospitals that kind of fit this profile that maybe aren't big enough to get corporate attention. Is there any big reason? Because to me, it's like, well, okay, there's this big opportunity of pool of owners that want to sell and they need help. And like, why isn't that being addressed by others? Or what do you think the reason that it's kind well, of been I, I mean, cast when aside? A, when a consolidator purchases a hospital, they've got to pay themselves and they got to pay the company and they got to pay the investors and they got to pay the veterinarian, right? And the staff. So they need it to be at a certain level of revenue where that all makes sense. The smaller revenue producing hospitals are a great opportunity for a young vet who's got the chops and has worked for a few years and knows what they're doing and can keep up. And I, I think the biggest thing that holds the young veterinarian back is the fear of not knowing what they don't know. They've gotten their speed up. They know what they're doing. They know how to work multiple rooms. They know how to work with staff. But I just want to implore the young veterinarians to know there are people out there that can help them. They can help them with the bookkeeping. They can help them with the management of the business. They can help them with the, what's a good investment, what's not a good investment. And this is really a great opportunity to own your own business. It's, it's not unlike, I give the analogy sometimes, it's like when you come out of college and you get an apartment and you're like, oh, this is great. But then you start realizing, hold on, I'm just paying rent. I have no equity at all in anything. And then you, that's when you kind of grow up and you're like, okay, I need to buy a house, you know, because not only maybe I'm paying my mortgage, but it's mine. And it's also something I can control. If I want to paint it blue, I can paint it blue, right? And then in the future, if I want to add people or if I want to sell it and move somewhere else, maybe I work it for five, six years. I have that happen all the time where somebody buys a practice, builds it up. It's like, you know what? My wife and I have always wanted to move to Charleston. I'll just sell it and then buy something down there. So that you can't do that if you're an employee or if you're, you know, in the apartment paying rent. This is an ownership component. And Isaiah, something I'm sure you do very well is talk to them about retirement options. And as an owner, there's so many tax incentives to building out different, you know, if it's a cash balance plan or things in the future to where they can really stow money away for themselves. And it makes a difference as a business owner versus just getting your, what you owe every year and, and send it through H&R Block kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's tax benefits. There's all kinds of different things from an ownership perspective that definitely help. If you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course. That's what makes veterinarians special. You're mission driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive 
veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best. One other question I want to ask you is on the kind of rule practice in the kind of more major metropolitan practice and opportunity sets and what you've seen. And again, whether it's pulling from some of the vet med, whether it's pulling from dentistry, just what that looks like and the opportunity set that's out in front of people. Absolutely. You know, I <laughs> I always tell people when they're considering it, obviously you need to look at your marketplace. How many pets are in that area? You know, how many people can you take care of and their animals? But just getting a little bit outside of the suburbs makes a huge difference. And I have so many stories of dentists that I know that drive 45 minutes and they buy a nice car and it allows them to get ready for the day and, and maybe listen to a podcast on the way. And then at the end of a stressful day, they get in the car and let some kind of detox before they get home to their family. But that extra 30 miles outside of the area where it's really vets are on top of each other it makes such a huge difference. And you can do things, staffing is usually less expensive, your payroll is less. Marketing in that local community is more efficient and more cost-effective if it's at the you know county fair doing different things, being active in that, or sponsor things at the high school or the middle school or whatever it may be. Those are all less expensive than trying to fight it out in the big city for all these not enough fish in the same pond. Yeah. You think about, you might not even have to use much of your marketing budget. And I'm one that has talked about like marketing is really important, all these other things. But like, if you're kind of the only game in town and the bar is do well and treat people the right way, you know, word of mouth and other things in those communities, a lot of times that can help you grow without having to, you know, have that expense. And so you think about what falls to the bottom line and yeah, it's a big difference. I think the challenge always is, does someone want to live in that community? And I think there's a little bit of a shift, right? Like there's a lot of people leaving big, major metropolitan areas for having a little bit more room, getting a little bit more land. I think especially chatting with enough folks in vet med, it's like they have desires of a hobby farm or get their horses out there or different things where it's like, it already makes sense. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to kind of work in that community as well? When you can see like more return on your investment and yeah, you, you don't have as much competition. And I think the thing is, and we talked about this a little bit before the call, veterinarians are incredibly intelligent people and they're attracted to other incredibly intelligent people. So I run into this all the time with the physicians and the dentists and the veterinarians I work with. They're married to other advanced degree individuals and maybe they went to undergrad and they went to grad school and they became an attorney or a, a physician or an accountant. And, you know, you can't just hang a shingle if you're a litigator or a patent attorney in the middle of the country and expect to have business, right? So there may be some situations where you got to kind of meet in the middle. Or like I said, the one of you has to drive a little bit. You don't have to necessarily live in the community because I I mean, I have plenty of clients who don't live in the community, but they're still active in the community. A couple of takeaways you could take away from this call is this is a relationship business. It really is. And it's important to connect with your clients as an owner. But I think that's all part of it. Your capital in marketing is you in these areas, not necessarily your Google reviews or your the amount of money you spend on SEM or SEO. I think it's important to do that. But the capital is you. And it takes, if you get involved, it returns favors. And they're actually the better 
clients because they know you. They're coming to you because of you, not because of some slick ad or some deal you gave on, you know, 50% off the first visit or something. Yeah. And that makes me think of goodwill and you've done enough transitions. And I know neither of us are CPAs, right? But I've talked about this with others. Can you explain when you go and sell a hospital, how much of that is actually goodwill and like what that looks like and why it's maybe more advantageous? Because I wasn't going to bring that up, but then you said yeah. that and I was like, oh, that's all so much about goodwill. And I was like, that's an expert at this. Like he could share Absolutely. that. So. Yeah. I mean, I've done 320 transactions in the last 15 years. And when you go through the process of selling and you've got a buyer, you put together a letter of intent. And the letter of intent, in my goal, is very comprehensive. It's three or four pages. I have it written by an attorney. And there are items that are discussed. And one of those items is the asset allocation. And if you sell the hospital for, say, a million dollars, you negotiate with the buyer and their advisors on how much of that would go into goodwill, how much of that would go into, say, furniture, fixtures, and equipment. Uh, So the equipment in the building how much is in a non-compete clause and how much is in supplies and other things. But from a seller standpoint, the more that can be put into goodwill, the better for the seller because it's taxed at capital gains rate. Okay. One of the reasons there was a big run-up going back to earlier conversation about consolidation, there was a big run-up in purchasing hospitals in 2021 because there was a threat of capital gains going up. So that would affect these type of transactions because it's always a threat that the government might raise that rate. But right now it's at 20% and it could go up, but it's not yet. But then, so if say $800,000 of that million dollars is in capital, is in goodwill, that's taxed at 20%. The remaining 20% is taxed at a higher rate, closer to the ordinary income of the seller. And in, in the reverse, as a buyer, if you can get a good amount into that furniture, fixtures, and equipment, you're able to depreciate that over a longer period of time. So it's kind of a bit of a give and take in negotiations. And that's all part of a skilled practice transition person uh, can work that through with a seller and be able to communicate that efficiently to a, an advisor of a buyer to make sure they're both happy with the result. Thank you. Yeah, that was perfect. I was like, I know enough on the goodwill side and it's it's important, right? Like that is such a critical piece because you think about going back to the, like the retirement thing, right? Like it's also a tax advantage way to save because you get it at capital gains rates in the future and it's not all just coming back out at, at ordinary income. So exactly, yeah, that is great. What's something, and we touched on goodwill, right? But what's something we haven't addressed yet that you think is really important for a seller and or a buyer to consider as they think through like, this practice ownership thing, whether they've done it for a long time or they're thinking about in the future? Yeah, I would say, you know, you got to really pat your colleagues on the back that veterinarians have an incredibly low default rate. Banks, on the global standpoint, look at different types of businesses. They'll look at pizza restaurants or tool and die shops or, you know, engineers, you know, dentists, veterinarians. And veterinarians are in an incredibly low default rate, whereas they don't have a lot of failures. They don't have veterinarians going bankrupt. So that's a great thing as a potential lender and as a seller. You know, if you're going to sell your hospital, ideally you want to sell to somebody that can get all of the money 
so they don't have to be, as they say, on the hook or have to do any type of seller note to sell their hospital. The veterinarian, the young veterinarian, wants to be able to get financed and they want to be at a competitive rate. And there are vet specialist type lenders out there that you should work with, you know, if it's Huntington or if it's Bank of America or Provide or PNC, all four of them do a great job lending to veterinarians across the country. And they understand that it's a cash flow relationship business, not necessarily a collateral based business. So they're more willing to lend at a higher amount as far as total that they'll lend and at competitive rates. So being a vet, even though you may have student loans, even though this is a path that's going to take some time on that, don't let anybody treat you that those student loans are like credit card loans, okay, or credit card bills. Those are investments in your future. And the long run return on that investment in yourself is much higher than a lot of professions. Attorneys go to law school, they have to pay for law school. Physicians have to go to medical school, they have to pay for medical school. But the return on a veterinary degree is really strong in comparison to other professions. And the banks know that, so they want to work with you. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've tried to encourage and hammer home is there are so many lending institutions. And sure, there are certain things that you need to kind of get your house in order to make sure that you're not have big red flags where they're going to instantly say no or anything. But on average, most of the veterinarians you talk to, it's like, you're going to be fine. And they're going to line up to give you options. And then you can kind of sort through, okay, what are the trade-offs and what are the differences between these different lenders? And also the same thing, right? Find a good fit, find a person that you enjoy working with, because it's going to be a process and there's going to be bumps in the road with any sort of big transaction. And then for a seller, any kind of closing thoughts or notes for a seller, things that they need to think about? When should they be getting ready? When do they engage with someone? No, that's great. I mean, I would say, honestly, three to five years in advance, because we can give you advice. You know, we only get paid at the end. Okay. We get paid what's called a success fee. We charge a fee for the sale. And we have an engagement fee. It's a modest engagement fee. It allows us to pay for the business valuation and for the hospital opportunity blueprint, some of those things that we work with, some of our partners we work with. But if it's something you're thinking about three to five years from now, engage with one of your DVM match people in your area, and we can kind of give you advice on things to prepare for the future. This hospital opportunity blueprint is a great one too, because it can it's something that can be done well in advance to show you where the opportunity in the hospital may be. And maybe the hospital needs to bring on an associate. We do associate placement also. And if there are young veterinarians that listen to you or their friends, it's nothing to create a free confidential profile on DVM match. It just takes 15 minutes and that allows you to pick different areas of the country you're interested in, talk a little bit about yourself, and that helps us grow our network and it allows us to stay in touch with people looking for opportunities. And for the sellers, it's a big deal. Okay. We understand that. And we know you're working incredibly hard. And this is something that if you hire us, we kind of take the transition off your plate and you can focus on what you do best. And then we engage with you when there's opportunity, interest, and kind of talk through your best case scenarios. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I'm always like, it's got to be at least, you know, three years. So three to five, good advice. So wrapping up, and I kind of did forewarn you, right? I'm going to say, hey, Thad, do you have any questions for me? I always like guests that come on. I, I fire away all these questions. And at the end, I like to turn the tables around. 
My biggest question for you is, I mean, what do you see as far as the future of veterinary hospital ownership? I would say, A, part of the reason that you're on the show and why I wanted to talk to you is because I think it obviously is a really good idea to still be in private practice ownership. And that's what you do and can help facilitate. So hopefully some folks will find a way to buy a practice, even if it's if it's with you, great. If it's not, just like the encouragement Absolutely. to go out and do that. Absolutely. Because it's there's just such a good opportunity to where, you know, AVMA, and I've talked about this multiple times on the show, and I feel like I've broken record at times, but AVMA did their study on burnout and stress and all these different things that were kind of like these negatives. They looked at associates, they looked at owners, right? And ownership scored better on all the metrics saying like, I feel less stressed. Maybe I'm still stressed, right? Like everyone's stressed. Every, yeah. <laughs> but it's, every, yeah. it's your stress. It's your it's thing that you're building it. versus- I mean, it, you know, it's, you have control. It's like, I always have the balance of control versus investment. The more you have investment, the more control you have. The less investment, the less control you have. And you just got to be comfortable with that. Yep. And it doesn't always have to come down to dollars and cents. And I always try to encourage that, but it is pretty remarkable the amount of dollars and cents difference that a career earning of someone that wants to be a long-term associate versus someone that is willing to do ownership. Like there's value creation in that hospital and there's a big, you hit on it earlier, there's kind of this super cycle of pet ownership, pet spend, all these other things that it does come back to the veterinarian. And ultimately, Veterinary medicine, it's like if you pick your location well, which we talked about, you know, metro versus rural. And if you find the right place, it's like you can make really good money. You can afford to have a nice life. You can take vacation. You take time off. You don't have to work till you're 65. And you can do all these things. And sure, is it going to be hard work? Absolutely. It's not, you know, snap your finger and all just magically works. There's going to be stress. There's going to be challenges. But shoot, you can have a lot more freedom and flexibility in what you're building for and give yourself more options versus going to school, having all this specialized skill and expertise, and then still trying to say like, I'm going to save because they're going to maybe save the same way that that you or I can save, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we're not going to go in and run an efficient, well-run veterinary hospital. That's not our skill set. We don't have the training. We don't have the clinical knowledge to do that. So I would just look at that and say, I'm leaning into my training. So yeah, I agree. I know you talked about it a little bit, but I want you kind of at the end. So for anyone listening, sellers, buyers, if they want to chat with you, if they want to get in touch, they want to learn more, where would you send them? And I'll put it all in the show notes as well. It's dvmmatch.com. You know, we've got an 800 number there. or We've got a way to create a profile for the young veterinarian. And, you know, I've got colleagues, uh, DVM match professionals across the country that can go through how to prepare for a sale or, or how to prepare to buy. And we've got, you know, good material there. There's actually a, on the website, we have what's called the DVM Match Academy, and we're building out some different blogs on that also for things to consider when you're considering, you know, owning your own hospital. But we're here for the young buyer to get them connected to good advisors that know what they're doing. And we're here for the seller to help them through the transition of something very special to them and a big event in their life. Well, Thad, thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate you, it guys. and excited to, to get some feedback on this episode. And uh, yeah, thank you for your thoughts. You got it. Hey, thanks again, Isaiah. Have a great uh, spring. It's coming. Look, it's right behind us. It's nice and yeah, blue it's coming. It's sunny at least today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends, Monday to Friday, eight to five, no on-call or emergencies. It's an appointment only here. Currently a two and a half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. 
The new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes, and the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSal is the pay structure. Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-1857. Join a thriving, growing, small animal practice in Vermont on the Quebec border. Full-time ideal. Part-time is considered. The idea is to start with yes with the team, patients, and clients in outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high-quality medicine. Compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities. Literally, it is the owner wants to t- find the right person and is happy to negotiate, chat through, and find the right fit. If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos? Who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment while providing quality patient care. They utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available to practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time and paperwork, which is great. Lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you, full-time or part-time available. Small animal and exotics are both seen there, so no ER, no on-call, no weekends, competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered, and far too many benefits to list. Go to Fulton County Veterinary Clinic, so type that in and you'll find the job posting there. Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital, personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five-doctor mixed animal practice in northern New York, which is an outdoors person's paradise. Again, two of those. So if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. They have plenty of support staff with six CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant, a practice manager, and a bookkeeper. Focuses on mentorship and investment on the people and the technology. That's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on-call, a 24-hour ER less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than 95,000. Can be straight salary, pro-sal considered. Want to discuss that with the right person. Tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to watertownpetcare.com for that option as well. So again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So please reach out. Let me know what you're able to do. And I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know. And we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should talk to your professional team before implementing anything. If you want or need financial advice, my day job on not podcasting is helping veterinarians grow their net worth. Our team is taking new clients and we are ready to talk to you at any stage of life. Come as you are. I always say bring the mess, right? Like if things are unorganized, that's okay. There's no prerequisites to become a client. Isaiah Douglas is a partner at Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. The biggest compliment you can give me in the podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcast is the platform that is predominantly used for people listening to the show. If you have three minutes, love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. It helps more people find the show. Also, the new YouTube channel is up, and I'd love to have you subscribe. Vainly, I want 100 subscribers at least. Lots more, obviously, right? 
but I get a vanity URL if we get to 100. That would be great. It makes it easier to find the YouTube channel as well. For all of today's links information, head over to the Veteran Success Podcast.com. There you can subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. It'll be a link to that YouTube channel I just talked about. You won't miss any other episodes, whether you list on Spotify, whether you have some other ancillary podcast platform please like, subscribe, all that stuff. It certainly does help. I appreciate it. Finally, if you want more information, insights, want your voice to be heard, want to share ideas for content, say, hey, Isaiah, I want you to have this guest. I want you to talk about this topic. Go over to the Facebook group. So you can search for the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom about your host, click on the Facebook icon, and that'll get you in the group. But thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me to be able to see the podcast grow and continue to impact people. So with that, until next time, we'll chat soon.